And now, welcome to The Approach with Jeremy Seaholm, Danny Finn. So welcome to episode 16 of The Approach. It's longer than I thought. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. I am your host, Jeremy Seaholm. I'm Danny Finn. How are we doing? We're doing all right. We have uh, Bobby Witt in today. Uh, we're going to be discussing uh, some of his memories up at Worlds and trying to bring the youth of the game up in bowling and everything like that. So Bobby's a wealth of information. He was so excited to uh, come on the show. I don't think I, I've ever seen somebody happier to tell stories I, on I our think, show so far. I, I think he was our most excited guest because he walked in the building and he's like, all right, let's go. Oh, yeah, let's, ready, let's talk about some bowling. Ready to go. He, uh, you know, I think we say this a lot, but it's true. He's one we want to have back a second time for sure. Oh, absolutely. He was just, just fun. Absolutely, it was fun. So we'll get him in and we'll discuss uh, all things candle pen bowling. And then we'll be right back with Spirit Thoughts. Amazing. Bobby, how are you? Great to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank I'm excited. You. This is going to be a fun one, too. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. I'm telling you, our last few strings of guests have been just fantastic. Yeah, we have uh, whoever's getting our guests uh, solidified for us has been doing a phenomenal job. We should get them a raise. But they, uh, what, when we had Craig was our first guest. Craig said we had to get you on the show. So it only took to whatever episode number this is to finally get you on, but we got you on. Absolutely, because I talked to you, Danny, at Woburn one night, yeah. and you would ask me, and I said, yes, I'd love to come down and do the show. Right, and so, so people know, Jeremy, I have a Google Docs spreadsheet of the people we want. You were definitely up on that list when nice. I saw you. I said, now's the chance i got to ask him in person. Because it's, it's never the same on Facebook. No, Sometimes it's all we have, but to be able to see you in person and say, oh, I'll talk to him while I'm there and see if we can get him to come on. So we really appreciate you coming in. Absolutely. Great to be here. Hey, talk I mean, some bowling. It's great. I mean, the conversation's always better in person anyway. And that's true, no question. too. And that was actually a point that Ed Craig had brought up, because we were talking about doing like Zooms and stuff like that that with people and he he was the one who said to us you know Bowen is the family. It's about being in person. You're not going to get this feeling over a computer with a screen, which is why we try to get everybody. And so far, everybody no in person. So, I mean, eventually we're going to have to bite the bullet. You keep saying that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but like, you know, the Canadians aren't going to come down here. Listen, there's always worlds. There's always a chance. <laughs> That's true. Because so. like Adam Melanson reached out and he's like, oh, I got a nice microphone. He goes, I'll tell stories. I'm That's like, true. The one that surprised me too, and, and uh, I know it fell through, but we're still working on it, was Mike Moran was going to come in. And one of the issues of having Zoom with the way that we have the current setup is you have to have a good mic if you're talking on, you know, your phone, microphone, it may not pick up that well. Exactly. And exactly. then the more I thought about it, I said, Mike probably has better than what we have, so it's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with his new gig he just got too, so I'm sure he's got all the equipment in the he's world. He's still on the radio, right? Yeah, I think he, so he retired and now he unretired, so. Right, so we'll just have to wait for retirement 3.0. That's, I think, what it is, so. <laughs> Now that you've retired from the candlepin bowling working. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> so, well, thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. Great to be here. Now, did you do your youth bowling around the same area as uh, Craig? You know, I didn't bowl any youth leagues. My dad used to take me once a week. And every Sunday was like Father Sunday. He yeah. would take me bowling. I was like 10 years old. And I always, you know, once a week get out and threw the ball. It was great. Was, and um, Was your dad a bowler? My dad was a bowler. He, played, he was a great shuffleboard player, actually. Yeah. And he loved bowling, so he, that was our thing, to go bowling once a week. And back then, in the late 70s, there were so many houses like to choose from. Yeah. So we'd go to Hanover, our way up, over let's go down to Marshfield. Right. You know, and just buzz over the next town over, because every town in the South Shore had a bowling alley back then in the 70s, you know? Yeah. So when did you start to, like, pick it up and, and be, well, you know, think you're getting good at it? Well, it was weird, because I was always a big sports guy through school, and... Uh, 
you know, I played basketball through school. I was cap. I was captain. You're a yeah, big guy. Time. I was captain my senior year. You know, and um, I played football. I played baseball. I did all the sports. And I used to just bowl friends on the weekend. So I got into my early twenties. You know, I was going to college, and I'm like, yeah. all right, you know, the basketball's over. So I started going down to the Hanover Bowl Drum Bowl on the side. And the guy behind the desk, and he goes, hey, you know, you look pretty good. You're a decent bowler. You want to bowl in the league? And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. You know, I didn't really, actually, <laughs> yeah. I really didn't know, like, how league bowling was back when I first started. So he goes, I'll get you bowling Monday nights. I'm like, okay, I'll start bowling Mondays, go through the whole year. The first year I bowled in the league, I averaged 111. It's not a bad first year. Not, not, not a bad to first say, year. Right? So, um... After the year was over, he goes, I want to get you in another league. You know, you're a good bowler. I can tell you got a lot of potential. I want to put you in this other league on Tuesdays. I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. So I go in there, and I used to watch all the Channel 5 shows. So I go in there. I see Hugh Ferguson. I see Craig Holbrook. <laughs> I see... Um, Donnie Richmond, you know, Lee Bergeron. I'm Bunch like, of nobodies, right? You know, I'm like, oh my God, you know, like, here's Channel 5 right here. Yeah. So I was intrigued right away, and I had to put my own team in. So I just grabbed a bunch of my buddies, and he goes, oh, you're bowling last, you know. I'm like, oh, really? Against all these guys? And uh, so I got up right away, and I averaged, I went to 117 by the end of that year. Wow. You know, from 111 to 117, and basically like two years of bowling. Well, your That's focus has to be so dialed in at that point, because you're not bowling your friends or your dad. Yeah, you, yeah. Well, obviously, like, you're bowling the people that you were watching and, on TV. And I'll tell you what, is the adrenaline flow to getting up there and bowling with guys like Jack Sanick and Craig Holbrook, you know, like, all right, this is what yeah. I want because this is what I've played for is for the, you know, the intensity and the, you know, you get the adrenaline flow going. Absolutely. You know, and it just really, just really, I caught fire with it. And um, it was funny, and Mike Kucha was a friend of mine back in the day, and he, and he said, hey, why don't you go to a Channel 5 roll-off? I'm like, really? You know, you think I'm good enough to you know, like, try for Channel 5? He goes, yeah. So I go to the very first roll-off semifinal I went to. It was old Hanover. And you got, well, Jeremy probably knows, is when you go to the semifinal, they take the top five guys, and it'd be like 20, probably 20 guys would show up at a roll-off. Yep. And um, so I go there, and I remember there was like a couple guys coming I didn't know. And he said, oh, yeah, you got to watch out for Ferguson, and you got to watch out for you know Holbrook and a couple other guys. And they're like, the rest of the field's got no shot. And I'm sitting there like, I'm like, really? You're going to beat me in my home house? Really? And I was like... Like really determined from there to prove myself that I could, you know, get to the next yeah. level, and it just kind of spurred me on from there. It was great. That's so, Jeremy. You didn't you get talked into bowling your first roll off for TV as well? Yeah, you were kind of in the same was, boat of like, ah, eh. it, it wasn't exactly by like my coochie or anything like that, but it was a random Sunday. I get a call from because I bowled on this Monday Night League team by Reggie Deline. He gives me a call. He goes, "Hey, he goes me and Obi are going to Millis." Okay. He goes, it's all you can pull for like like six bucks a guy. I'm like, I'm like, uh, sure, okay. <laughs> I got nothing to do. I'm like, this is weird, but okay. I just want, I'll, I'll go bowling. You know, like Obi's a good bowler, and like, uh, ah, so we go. And on the way back, he goes, you should try off a channel fifty. I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> like, I didn't know roll-offs existed. Like, I didn't yeah. know how that whole process worked. And he's like, ah, you just go up, go up the lane of lanes. You know, they take the top five of the qualifier. There's like five or six of them, and then they have a final. Know, yep. Top five makes yep. a show. Absolutely. Like, I'm like, uh, okay. So I go and I show I show up and I'm looking around. I'm like, oh my god, like, that's the Morgans. That like I, you might have been there, Craig, uh, Carrington, Baker. Oh yeah. And then you know I go, and then I got paired up with Charlie Jutras. I'm like, oh shit. 
I'm like, okay, but he was so nice. Great guy. Uh, it's funny, is the very first WCBC tour, I bowled and I drew Charlie. Yeah. My very first tour, and he was a great guy. He was great yeah. to bowl with, he was funny. You know, he got me to loosen up a little bit. He yeah. says, hey, kid, just go and have fun, don't worry about it. And he was great to bowl with. Yeah, Alfie talked about the fact that he taught him how to bowl in lanes, not fundamentally, just how to act, how to behave. Like, right. just seems he inspired a lot of people in, in his attitude towards the game, and I think it's still rippling through the game today, which is great. No question. No question. And, you know, it, it, when you're up there in bowling, it's so easy to get, especially when you're like, oh, we're all competitive, we all want to win, you, yeah. you want to have a kind of a half meltdown, or, but you got to just kind of, you know, control it and just kind of move on and move on to the next box. Right. Right. But yeah, he, I think, I threw like 582, something like that. He went 584, and then he comes off the lane. I know I've done this before, and everyone keeps doing like the, the Juju's impersonation, but he just comes over, he winks at me, he goes, I still beat you, kid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It, it was just funny, it, you know, and then I, I, I got the bug. Yeah, I'm like, I, 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 I'm like I have to do this every month. Absolutely, because in Hanover, they used to have the roll-offs, like on the, when you walk in the door and you can see, like, uh, Channel 5 semifinal, and, you know, you get psyched up to see it, and they have the finals, you know, two yep. weeks later somewhere else. And um, I just remember going there, and I actually qualified for the first time I bowled, and I remember the two guys were kind of talking, neither one of them needed, and I feel like saying, yeah, have a nice trip back to where you're going, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it, it took me a... a I think two or three tries before I qualified for a final. Yeah. And then yeah. it took a few finals to, because I mean, at oh that point God. you get the finals. I mean, you have. The, it, it was the hardest thing in bowling is to actually make that show. And yeah. Don Gillis says, nobody's in, you know, nobody's invited. You got to earn your way on it. Yeah. That was nothing but the truth because it was so hard back in the early nineties to make, t make channel five. You know, it's just. Can't even imagine. I mean, and, oh my God. I've said it to Jeremy about New England candle pins, especially being a one string roll off. I know yeah. it's different on channel five and channel 50, but I always said, you know, I think if I got on the show, I could do okay. I said, it's the getting on the show part that makes me nervous. It was <laughs> so hard to get on there. And uh, you know, what's funny is like when you bowl, like the season starts, we all know it's not September and you know, and it goes right. to May, you know, on channel five, like you would see guys like travel out of the area as yeah. it got close to the end of the season. Yeah. And like all of a sudden you see all these, like you'd see um, Jeff Ackett's walk through the door or well, somebody well that, like that. I was like, oh my God. Well, know? that's what Alfie said to us. Like, he's like, you know, Jeff used to tell me, he goes, what are you going for a roll off in September for? He goes, go at the end of the year because oh, everyone's big. already been on by then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. And those guys were so good back then. Like, ah, oh, just go to Rolf and like Tommy, you know, he would just yeah. bowl. You know, like nobody wanted to run into Tommy, so those guys would have wait till Tommy would get on and, and right. finally get beat and yeah. they, they would try, you know, so they could avoid bowling Tommy on TV. Well, I mean, they had to wait like a year and a half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wait till it gets Still waiting. Still waiting. <laughs> uh, when, so when did you, when was your first time on Channel 5? I finally, well, after, it took me two years to finally get on, you right. know, after a couple of seconds and tough losses and, you know, bowling the fifth string of those roll-offs, it's really intense. You know, right. you, you battle four other guys to make it. So I finally got on late in 92. I finally, like, thank God I finally made it. I won a roll-off and I got on my bull Jeff Atkins. Oh, God. <laughs> so it had to be later in the season since it you was, made it. It was um, right around Christmas time of 92. And I got on, finally got on, and he missed a shot like the first box. I'm like, wow, maybe this guy won't bowl that good today. And he had to throw the four bag on the second <laughs> string. And, and you know, oh, I was oh, down. That's right. So, so that the, this, the match he threw the four bagger was your first time on? Yep. yep. What, how do you react to something like that being your first I time? I congratulated him. You know, and I. To this day, I really want to thank Jeff because he, I was sitting after the second game and I'm down like 90 pins. He just bowled like 180 something and I'm down a ton. And he says to me, hey kid, just keep throwing. You're going to be back here again. Don't worry about yeah. it. Keep throwing. And I thought that was so cool that he did yeah. that. I, I've heard he was 
amazing that way. Oh, and that's great. Guy. You hear all the stories about how competitive it was. Not to say that he wasn't competitive. I'm sure he, you know, he, he wanted to beat you in the worst way. But to hear somebody, you know, you, you have to bring that group up, and especially you being the younger guy, mm-hmm. bringing you up and saying, you know, hey, don't get down on yourself and everything like exactly. that. Exactly. It was good because I beat him the last game, so I felt good. <laughs> I got the fifty dollars. So. <laughs> so, so at that point, I mean, how long did it take you to get on a world's team? Because I mean, I'm sure like well, that you get noticed pretty quick. Yeah. Well, that's the thing when you won a Channel Five back then, you automatically got put up to the next level like wow this guy actually won a roll yeah. off like you're, like he's good so it was funny in the Hanover League it was a night it was 94 Jack Santa came to me and he goes I'd really like to get you on my you know my world's team and he goes I don't have room for you I'm like you know because he had like you know he had he had Craig he had um let me see Davey Richards he had Paul Berger, so he had no room on the team. Yeah. So it was like about three weeks before the you know nineteen ninety four Worlds. You know, Jimmy Powers comes to me and he goes, "Hey, you know, I got a spot. You know, you want to go up and bowl for a week?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'd love to." So we went up there. We didn't even have shirts, and it was some of the. Actually, Steve Reno has a video, and you put it's probably. On I YouTube. think I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. and we all had, didn't have any shirts, and I get up there and bowled. And it was the first year was great because nobody knows who you are, so you go in as a, like that underdog, and yep. you, you know, it was terrific. The first year was awesome, a lot of fun. We made it all the way to the final four, and we lost to Carrington's team. You know, and here's the line we went against. We went against Jack Ray was first. Then it was um, Joe Ashline, Tommy Ulster, um, Jeff Atkins, Gary Carrington. And he that, beat us. That's ni- di- disgusting. Ni- disgusting. They beat us 1988 <laughs> to 1975. Jeez. Wow. It was an unbelievable match. It was one of the most unreal matches I've ever been in. I was about to say, the, the, the atmosphere must have been insane. Oh, it was, it was crazy. And I was up there, like, shaking. You know, I was, like, tr- oh, yeah. you know, trying to concentrate and bowl and hanging in with these guys. Right. And then you're sitting there going, all right, let's do this again next week. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what's funny about that? Because nobody, you're kind of the uh, like the underdogs. Mm-hmm. So... It was funny because when you bowl in the world, people start remembering you. So we go back in 95, like the same team. Well, we added Richie Bognano and Billy Travis. And so we added those to our, you know, we had a good 94. So now guys wanted to bowl with us. And um, 95, it was funny because it was an old Fredericton. And now everybody's out to get you because they remember what happened the year before. So now it's kind of more of a rivalry type deal. Yeah. Like with the main team, like Charlie's team, we beat them first in 94. We took eight off them. There was a big write-up on them in the paper. We bowled them first and knocked them off. And we bowled uh, Crow Bowl with uh, Decline and, and all that team and Mark Gregory and all those guys. And we bowled them in the same division. And it was like, you know, like all the matches, as you guys know, being yeah. up in the world, so like really competitive matches. Yeah. And uh, you could really tell, like, all right, now you're getting respect now because yeah. you're not getting anybody's second lineup. Right. Now, Alfie talked about the Canadians singing to them. Did they sing to you too? Um, <laughs> yes and no. They kind of like, they wouldn't sing. Like, they'd be in your area. He says, hey, you know, that seven pin looks pretty small down there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and after you make a couple, well, it was weird. Well, I was younger I used to stomp on singles if I made a single I would stomp the floor and be all hyper and stuff <laughs> I, I got oh that. my god and um so I after you after you make a couple they stop talking to you yeah <laughs> Yeah, at that point, it's like, it, it, uh, all right, it's not going to work. Yeah, well, it's so not going to work. If you're seeing it's hyping the other guy up, maybe you back off a little bit. Like, it's only yeah. so many times you speak yeah. the same chant that you go, right. maybe that's helping him, not hurting him. So, 
I can see that as well. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and a lot of the Canadian teams, and then we saw, like, McLaughlin Truck and Trail the whole yeah. run. You know, we saw A-plus. You know, now you got Kingswood, so yeah. they, they've had a lot of good teams yeah, over the yeah. years. Right, because I was right, McLaughlin was right around my first year. My first year was 03, and they were in the middle of there. It was a three- or four-year run. Oh, just, they, were, they were a tremendous team. Right. And when we bowled them, like, up in Halifax, yeah. they were, like, almost unbeatable. They were, like, ridiculous. And we bowled them in Bangor, like, our Maria's team, like, we could be that, like, we were kind of even with them, and we had a couple really close matches with them, and it yeah. was a good rivalry. And yeah. they, they were a great team. I mean, you had, what was it, Chris Hallett, uh, Rich, uh, Rob Henderson? Robbie Henderson, Chris Hallett, then you had um, Sean O'Flaherty. Yeah. Um, oh, um, Davey Summerton. Yep. He was on that team, he still yep. bowls. And um, I can't remember the, can't remember the last guy. But they were, as soon as we end the podcast, you're going to remember. That happens to oh, everybody every time. Uh, it's, it's usually what happens. <laughs> but yeah, they, they won on like a three out of four, through like three, yeah, three they, out of four they, or something like that. They won their first championship. They beat us in the last box. And uh, Craig made an unbelievable shot. Craig made the four, five, six, seven, ten. He had a bunch. He had a bunch of wood on the side. It wasn't angled good. He was on the right. Robbie Henderson left the clear. He left four and one. And we were down. We were making a comeback. We were down like seven pens. And he made that shot at the last box. And Robbie came up and buried the Clary right behind him. Wow. <laughs> it was unbelievable, right yeah. to the last box. So we've always had battles with, with those teams. No, I, I remember, like, my um, my first playoff experience was actually, we bowled you guys in the first round. Okay. It was it was me. It was the, I don't know if it was the first year of Total Chaos, but. Oh, it, Johnny Winchell's team. Yeah, it, it was Winchell, Rich Clark, myself, and Chet. Myself and Chester Cove. It was our first year. Okay. Yep. And then Scotty Creighton. Yep, Scotty. Uh, yep. Peter Pereira and Brian Feast. Okay. Yep. You know, it, yep. I mean, it was a solid, was a solid team. Solid team. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I think Chester Cove and I were low men on the team averaging 119. Yeah. You so know, we, we had a good... That's why you guys were playoffs. Right. And then know, so. uh, we... We kind of sucked in the playoffs. I think Billy Travers threw a four-bagger at me. Oh. I was I, I was pulled pretty quick. I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, Rich was like, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to put in Feast. I'm like, okay. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Take luck. Yeah. You know, but, and I, I'm lucky enough to bowl on Maria's. I've bowled Maria's since 94. That's the only team I've ever bowled on. And lucky enough to bowl with a lot of good, you know, a lot of good teammates. And we've made the, I've made the playoffs every single year. Uh, I was know. about to say, you guys had Surrett for a little while too, didn't you? Yep. And then, uh, we got Jeff in 2008, and um, Jeff bowled us for four years, and we won the first year in 2008. And what I remember about 2008 was, was you know, again, with McLaughlin Truck and Trailer, they came to Bangor. So I always felt when they came to Bangor, we had a chance to beat those guys. Yeah. And we bowled them six strings. We bowled them during the week. They were in the same division, and we bowled them in the semifinals. We beat them all six games, and all the games were less than 20 pins. Jeez. All six games. That's crazy. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. And it was nail bite. It, it was great bowling by both sides. And we pulled it out, and we beat them. Then we beat Saj's team in the finals. And once we got by McLaughlin, I I felt like we had a good chance of beating yeah. the you know the next team in the finals. Now, now Sarge's team was that um, was that All Saints at the time, or I think um, he bowled. I think it was him, it was more like Charlie's team. It was him and Morgan, Mike Morgan. I don't know if Tommy was there. No, Tommy wasn't there. They had Mark Smith. Um, uh, so it was like Maine Heat? It was kind of like Maine's team, yes. 
Oh, okay. It was me and he team. Yep. Okay. Yep. Exactly. And they've already won. You know, that that team had won a couple of years before that. You know, yeah. and Sarge and, and, and Charlie finally broke through and won his tournament, you know, and we had good wars with them too up in being I think that's what because Jimmy Powers and Charlie always had a like a little thing back you know from the eighties, like yeah. something happened where the draws or whatever and something happened. And uh, so it was always kinda of a little lively with the main heat team and we ended up beating them in the finals, which was great. So now, obviously you go back eighties and nineties, there was a lot more competitive teams. Now they you know, I've heard people say it's really like six or maybe eight teams that are really competing. Some people have talked about maybe even dropping it to twenty teams. Maybe you can dense the talent, maybe you get some more Maybe you add more teams into that shuffle as far as competitiveness. What are your thoughts on that? Because the it's, amount of bowlers aren't what it used to be. Yeah, you know, I like to get more bowlers. Like I, I don't like to condense it unless you, it's, unless it has to, unless you yeah. can cut the rosters back. If you cut it down, I don't know. It's kind of a tough question because I always like the twenty-four. It gives more guys access to the tournament. Right. Because you never know, like somebody could develop and get get to the next level. And you need the competition. So and, if and, you cut it down to twenty, it gets more houses involved. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it's kind of a tricky one, you know. I like to keep it at twenty-four if possible. If you can't do it and cut it to twenty, well, I also wonder if it gets more teams to be competitive because you might take two teams that end up merging. You take the top right. four guys yeah. on both yeah. those teams. Um, I know, that, and there's also the different ways of thinking too. Of you know, we were talking to Tommy about guys going up with only five guys when it first started, oh, and yeah. it was six, maybe seven. Once you get to eight, it gets a little too much, is what he was saying. We were talking to Nate, and I think he said at one point they had like eleven guys, and he had to figure out a way to cut one of them somewhere or get rid of somebody. Yeah. Because his yeah. thought process was you could never have too much talent. But if you yeah. have if you have a bench that's good enough to compete, it kind of waters down the rest of the competition a little bit yeah. too. Yeah, and the only thing when you have that bit deeper bench, you got to be able to have guys that are willing to sit too. Right. And that's right. not always an easy thing. Right, you know, exactly. You know, when I bowled with Maria's, and we were all friends, like we were never like the most talented team up there, but we were always in contention because we were always buddies, and we know how to bowl with each other. We know how to push the right buttons. Yeah. And, you know, that, that makes a big difference in that tournament up there, too. And it's not always the best five guys. All right, we're going to take such and such, such and such, and they're going to win the tournament because they're all the most talented. That doesn't always work. Right. And uh, catchphrase of the uh, podcast, I'm not going to name names, but even at Mixed Worlds, I remember talking to somebody who thinks that they would have done better as a team, but every time they were bowling, he had one person chirping in his ear, what am I playing? What am I bowling? What am I bowling? I'm better than this exactly. person. And then anytime, it was almost like the person on his bench was rooting against the people that were bowling. On their it, own it, team, that just to raise the, to, you're not going to win yeah, at that point. And he, and he even said his problem was, and I'll tell you off the air who it was. Mm -hmm. His problem was he's trying to focus on bowling, and literally he's going up hearing it in his ear from his own teammate. And it puts more pressure on the other guys. Exactly, it really right. does. It's, right. it's not it's not a good formula for success. Right, and not that, at all. And and when you have that deep of a at a certain point, I don't want to say you forget somebody, but if you haven't bowled somebody five, six, seven, eight games, and they start to say, "What about me?" Yeah. So I'm on a team where like if I'm strong struggling, I'm like, I'll turn around, please come get yeah. me, you know, at this point, you know, I'm not doing anything, put somebody else in that can do the job, I'll keep score all day for one and I don't care. Now, how many people are on your team? Um, we usually go with eight. Eight. I, I feel like eight, eight. Like seven or eight is, yeah. is like the sweet spot. That's yeah. what I think. I mean, because, I mean, you have like your, your core five and then you have, you know, your two bench guys that you rotate, but then somebody gets hurt. Yeah. It, it, that it, was not it a bad happens. idea to have that, that one extra guy. That it's was nice. the one thing I had brought up too. I could never get over the teams that brought five way back when. Oh, yeah. I said, I don't care if you have the five greatest bowlers of all time. Somebody goes and tears a bicep or blows their knee out in the first game, you're done. Exactly. It's. I said, even if you 
never wanted to bowl your sixth guy, you got to bring somebody for a break right. glass in case of an emergency situation. Yeah. And Tommy said, yeah, I think people realize that. Oh, somebody no got question. hurt, I think, game one. I think we had, was it Penkel? Yes, Matt Penkel did. Got hurt his like back. A, yeah, yep. so it happens mm-hmm. to anybody. So It does. And uh, I know in the 90s I could bowl multiple I could go all day no problem now yeah. I'm in my 50s and it's like alright if I can go six strings a day and give you six quality games right. so it's nice having the extra guys when you need it you but know? even so you hit a, you hit a you know, sticky spot on the lane it doesn't matter you know how young or good you are that's right that's one right. tweak and that's it so we see you professional know. athletes go down all the time you know you throw a pitcher throws a ball and I'm out like look at Frank Viola yeah so yeah just, exactly I remember, yeah, I remember, I remember watching I remember watching that game live he threw the ball with the ball went sideways and I went that's not good yeah. I, was, I was at that game oh were you yes and that was the time that Ken Griffey Jr. finally hit a home run at Fenway really his first home run at Fenway oh, wow. but I don't remember what happened did, did he did his his arm break or? his arm or he blew his arm out it actually did turn into a bench clear and brawl that game yeah I, yeah I remember that I, I, was, I was like wow what a wild game I think I think Viola just like kind of like ran off the field he's yeah, like I'm not gonna, you can't throw a punch huh? you can't throw a punch like the, yeah. or was it before that well Bill Lee didn't care <laughs> that's fair that's fair that's, that's fair <laughs> I mean so one of the things that caught my attention you said you other than bowling with your dad you didn't bowl in a youth league but when I was talking to you about uh, Timber Lanes and their youth league uh, which I think should be starting up soon you said you were volunteering to help out a lot with that as well where did you get that passion for trying to get that next generation of kids up. Um, you know, the bowling's been so good to me over the years, and I, you know, I've met a lot of my friends through bowling, and, and I love the game. I've always loved the game, and I just want to pass the knowledge on because I got help when I was young, like Huey Ferguson and Mike Kucha were two guys that really took me and. You know, like Huey would like I would I was working nights. Nice. I would go down and meet him during the day, and he would help me with my game. Yeah. You know, show me how to play wood. You know, Mike Kucha would say, you know, and help me in different things. So I want to pass that knowledge along to the younger guys, like Maddie and you know Maddie Nichols and you know and um, Timmy Douglas. Like I see those guys, if they have any, you know they can throw anything off me. I give them yeah. ideas. Just kind of like, you know, Timmy. I I helped him a little bit last year with single. You leave trouble with single pins. I go look if you hit the shadow with the ball, the ball's going to hit. The the pin every time so aim for the shadow yeah and he never thought of it he comes over like a two strings late he goes yeah you know something that really works so it gave me a thrill to really help somebody it's fine you we know, had some of his talent yeah Corey you know? Corey Packer talking about how he plays the arrows or he f- finds a spot on the lane yeah some people look at shadows some people look at the pins it's fun how everybody looks at something different it seems like and there's no right or wrong way it's just nope. yeah whatever it takes to knock those pins and, over and I always joke about it too I took the class to the Dan Murphy's instructor class mm-hmm. and uh uh, you know, there's and I know there's variations on the game, but it was a very there's one way to bowl type aspect to, to his style. But then the video he made us watch was Peter Flynn throwing the ball. You know, his backswing so far he can almost look at the ball while he's throwing it. Going, I don't remember him teaching us that's the way to throw the ball. I, I was told no more than 90 degrees. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, but I, I exceptions. wish I, I wish I had a chance to bowl with. Him. I mean, I've bowled, I've bowled some with him later on, but I would have loved to have bowled with him, oh. you know, back in the day. I heard, what was it, Craig told me he, one of the years of the, on the Worlds, he had like, you know, 11 400s out of 12 matches. Yeah. That's incredible. It is. You know, they go up, and, he only, and they only had five guys, I believe, back there, and Peter would bowl every match, and he had 11 400s, like it was nothing. That's, that's that's crazy. I, I'm happy if I get one a year. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not getting easier. But so, how long have you been involved in that kids league and helping promote that? Um, 
I kind of like, I haven't gone over there to really, like, with the kids, but I see, like, a lot of the guys in the league, mm-hmm. and I'll, I kind of, like, they'll come over, I'll watch them bowl, and I kind of have a good eye for it, or I can see somebody, what they're doing wrong, and kind of help correct them. Yeah. And uh, John does a great job over at Abington, over, you know, Timber Lanes, and um, he's done a great job getting the kids, and you guys have over here, an academy, in Woburn. Yeah. And it, it, that's the future of the game, is trying to help the young guys and young people just keep them going. We've had a league here for I think seven years the trickiest part we found is getting them once they go off to college to convert to becoming adult bowlers that's yeah, been the trickiest right. part yeah. for us right exactly so. you know and I like you know it's it's not a, you know even the kids that come off the street that don't bowl in the kids leagues like I you know yeah. I never bowl in the kids you can still turn out to be a decent bowler if you love the game right like I started like basically I started bowling as like a 24 yeah like I didn't really that's start bowling leagues the age until, I was when I started yeah so I didn't it, average 111 my first year but but still <laughs> There's a lot of room, you know, you keep going, you can still improve. Yeah, and that's and I think that's a lesson for everybody. I mean, we, we just talked about it on the last podcast with Alfie. Um, during We went over the high singles. We had Bob Canton, who I don't think ever aspires to be, you know, an elite bowler. I think he does it recreationally. He just threw his first triple strike. That's awesome. So I love hearing stuff like that. It's, but, yeah, and that's, and that's one of the things we try to do during the spare thought segment is go over some of the accolades right. that people have. You know, Patrick Kellogg throwing a 520, his new high five. but And he's a young kid. I think he's got plenty of room to, to go to. But it's cool to see like these little tips, and, and Bob's a guy that comes in every Sunday and harasses Jeremy with his brother, and then he also comes <laughs> in with Frenchie, and they just bowl and bowl and bowl, and you're starting to see that work paying off. Yep, yeah, yeah. Because I did, you know, it was weird because when I got to the next level too, is I used to be able to clean on the side, and the Hanover Bowls room was one of my accounts. Yeah. So I would go in there and clean, and after I would go in and bowl for hours. Like I would go down all 24 lanes. I'd set up the ten pin in all 24 lanes, and I couldn't. I would not leave until I made them all. Yeah. All the way down and keep working on shooting a 10 pin. So Myrick actually had a question. He said, your delivery translates between, you know, duck pin and candle pin pretty well. Mm -hmm. Did you model your delivery after anybody? I I think it was just more scared of like, all right, I don't want to fall down and hurt myself, so I don't want to slide. You know, I don't know. I've always had that kind of delivery. It was weird. When I first started, I used to stand, like most young guys, I used to stand way back at the edge of the, almost my heels were at the back, and I'd charge the line, and I'd be able to throw. And I used to throw a lot more right to left. So as I've gotten older, I've gotten closer to the line, and I'm more down the middle than I used to be. And they get the ball through there, and I just like to be able to reach out and get the ball. And it makes me stop where I, I just want to plant, because if you plant and get your arm through, you can get more on yeah. the ball. And it makes you get the ball right out there and try to keep it as smooth as possible. Now, when you bowled on Channel 5 as well, I remember when you bowled in uh, New England Candlepins taping, you seemed to be pretty excited about being under the lights again. Did that bring back some memories of the Channel 5 days bowling and something like oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great bowling on TV. <laughs> you know, when you bowl on TV, it, it's it's the easy part. The hard part is the roll off. Yeah. Like trying to make it like Jeremy knows the channel fifties. Yeah. Like even those they take five out of thirty six guys, but you got like thirty guys that can any one of those thirty guys can make it. And you go after four games, all right, you got the top three spots. Now you got like six guys battling for two spots. So that fifth game yeah. Is a lot of pressure. Right. So after you get through that and you're on the show, you're like, all right, this is fun now. I'm going to get paid. You know, I'm going to get money. People are going to watch me. This is great. And have right. fun with it. Yeah. The, my first, the final, I made my first show. I went 456, my first three. And I'm like, I got this. Like, this is like almost in the bag. And then I threw a 95. And <laughs> then all of, sudden, every, all of a sudden, every fourth game, fourth game, yep. all of a sudden, everybody's back in it. 
And I'm like, yeah. oh, no. You know, and you got to go through a few failures to get, to, you know, I was on one of the chill 50s. I remember I had, I was sitting good. I was sitting, like, in second with one string to go, and I bowled 92 the last game. I just punched through the middle and cherried and yeah. did everything wrong. And sixth place, sorry, you didn't make it. And, you know, and other times I remember coming, like, I bowled, we had a channel 50 at Concord up at um, Danny's place. And I bowled 175, though. I was bowling good all day. I bowled 175 the last game and got in the last spot and made the fifth spot. So you just don't know. It's like, it's like the Comcast show. The Comcast show was a hard show to make, too, because you I mean, you didn't have to be the winner. I mean, they only took two yeah. instead of five. So, I mean, that was a hard show to make. I made that show out of Fico's. I, I Actually, my grandfather was in. I went 216 for two, and I'm like, God. I'm like, all right, well, this is... I'll just, I'll just ball it out, like whatever. <laughs> he's he's like ah, he's you know just 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 throw, just just, just 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 you guys just have fun. I went four thirty my next three. Exactly, that's why you didn't quit. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Although when we walked in, everyone was bowling for second because Jackie Ray went like seven thirty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like all right, who's bowling for second? He didn't wow. give any advice to stay in your car and save some money like Charlie Jutras did to those big young fellas. <laughs> no, I, back in the Channel 5, I remember a lot of Joe Ashline came down to Abington and bowled like 747, which is like ridiculous score. Yeah. And everybody comes in, oh, you're no chance. I still bowled the five. I bowled second shift. I bowled the five games because I wanted to bowl. I wanted because I loved the game. And I wanted to just keep throwing and, yeah. and see if I could finish second. You know, that was the goal. Uh, like, it, so, like back to like your your first experience on Channel Five. How like was it like with the crowd? And, and I'll tell you what, going up there was more like I been driving up there. I had to change my shirt on the way up there because my pits were just like, oh my god, I was so nervous driving up there. You had family coming to yep. watch me bowl. You know, then you're facing a guy that's you know should be in the Hall of Fame. He will be in the Hall of Fame, yep. Jeff. And um, just bowl, just going up there for the ride is just like that's where you're getting all your nerves out. Right. And when you get there. You know, what I noticed the first time I got on was the lights, like how bright the lights were. It's hot. It's really hot under the lights. And, you know, you know we, we taped it like in December, and it was still hot. Yeah. You know, and you you, know, you get all this nervous energy, so you got to start sweating anyway. And right. I remember, like, after one, so I was like, oh, my God. You know, it's <laughs> like... <laughs> and, but, like, once you get those first couple boxes out, like, you get your first two out, and then you sit... I feel like you, you kind of get into a, like a comfort zone. You're like, you okay, we're we're just bowling here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I like I always said, and I I still agree that the, the fifth string of a roll off is much hotter than bowling on TV. I lost right. my first four times on TV before I finally won. It's crazy because I bowled with well, Craig asked me to bowl doubles. The first one I ever got on was with Craig. We bowled the doubles, and he was bowling. His partner couldn't make it, so he asked me to bowl on the roll. I go, yeah, sure, I'll bowl you, Craig, no problem. And so we bowled our home house in Hanover. So we bowled it. We won. We bowled the two Zernikes. They bowled like two ninety against us. They killed us. And um, those that, two, those those two were deadly. Oh yeah, they were. They were both tough. Eddie and Johnny, they were both really good bowlers. Yeah. You know, Hall of Famous, you know, so they bowled those two guys, then bowled Jeff Atkins, lost, then they bowled Donnie Santiago. You know, I was, you know, we were kind of in the same area, and he'd won a few in a row, so the way it worked was like six areas, and he came on again, so I ended up bowling him, and he beat me by a few. That was a tough one, because I never got back there again after that. <laughs> 
So when talking to you in an interview, you seem like one of the most, out of everybody we've had, the most excited about bowling. And Mike Nardone asked the question, after bowling all these years, what are some things that you still look forward to and you get pumped up about? I feel like you're just pumped up talking about bowling. But I love it. You know, it's just, um, just seeing, you know what it is? You develop friendships in the game and just seeing all the guys. Like, like we had the first Pro Series and see, you know, up at Portsmouth. It was just great to see everybody again, you know, after we went through the last year and a half. Right. And see see your friends because they're more than just my bowling friends. They're like, friends in life yeah they, you know, are, they are you know it's good to see them in the competition I still love the competition you know and I, I want to try to keep going as far as I can I'm 55 now I just want to keep going as long as I can um, what's your uh, favorite memory from Worlds I'd say the two wins one yeah. in 98 and it was great about 98 was is 97 we lost to lucky seven who, who ended up winning the finals and Deck Klein's team, they got 16 out of 20 marks on the end, which beat us. And we had a lead, we lead in the whole match. So after the year was over, you know how well we did, and Craig's team was kind of splitting up, and Craig and Mike Kucha had come back and bowled with us, and other people were questioning Craig, oh, why would you go bowl with those guys? They're not gonna win anything. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm so yeah. glad that Craig came and bowled with us, and we ended up winning that year, and it was kind of like, you know, just a sweet, you know, saying, all yeah. right, yeah, we can do this and win. So I think the lesson is don't say that you can't win because yeah. I feel like that only fires you up even Absolutely. more. Yeah. You know, it, it, I think that's more of anybody that's competitive. Yeah. You know, you tell you you can't win, you're like, all right, I'm going to show you. Right, I exactly. can do this. You know, you talk about dead. Talk about an anomaly because he bowls in our league tonight still. And, you know, he's, he's 68 Terrific years guy. Yeah. He's 68 years old. He's in phenomenal shape. And he's still averaging, you know, 117. That's awesome. It's, yeah. it's driving him insane. Not high enough. It's not high enough. Yep. And it's just... It's just I love see, still seeing some of the guys from that era still able to bowl. Yeah, yeah. it's terrific. It really is. And I, I want to keep, like, over the years, I've, you know, I've tried to cut the weight down, you know, and exercise a lot more. I was about to say, you do look like you lost a lot of weight. You know, over the years, and just trying to keep it going. Because yeah. I got, like, into my late 30s, into my early 40s a few years back, and I was kind of, like, starting to decline a little bit. So I started going to the gym, working out, mm-hmm. and just trying to keep it going. You know, because, I, like I said, I still want to just try to keep competing with these young guys like Josh daily and a few of these other guys it's great i mean uh, talk about another kid who fires a ball yeah yeah absolutely you know he, he was one of the, the kids that i and i brought up too about you know you said for you it's more like maddie nichols and tim douglas yep but i remember bowling up at the extra league and i know i told the story before but he was bowling against our team he bowled okay not not where he wanted to be and uh you know after he got mad and let it all out like he does from time to time. Uh, He calmed himself down and he went over and he talked to Craig and he said, all right, what should I do here? And he started asking him all this advice and Craig was so quick to just give him, you know, all sorts of different advice of how he can be a better bowler, maybe even slowing his ball down, things like that. Yep. So it's, it's great to see that you have these really good bowlers that are under 25 still going to all these other bowlers who've been around for a long time and asking, how do I even get better? How do I get to be where you guys are? Right. Yeah. It's great to see. And, and the bowlers who've been around are so quick to give that advice. Nobody says, figure it out on your own. Yeah. So it it was more like that back in the night. 90s were like, 
you know, it was much more cutthroat back in the yeah, 90s. Right. Today, it's like we all got to like band together and be as one because, the, you know, it's, it's not as many people out there right, in the game right. as, as it used to be. I remember even Alfie and, and Paul Berger said the same thing. When, you know, how did you get better? Who did, you know, who helped you? And they both said the same thing. I just watched people. That nobody, they didn't seem like they asked or got a lot of advice. Yeah, it was right. more of they had to watch and go, okay, that's how he played that shot. Maybe I'll try that. Maybe I'll step differently yeah. or do a different approach. So. Or oh, see how people play shots and you kind of file in the back of your mind. I'm like, yeah. all right, he played it this way. Okay, and, you know, put it for next time. You know, maybe you get the same situation. You can, you know, play the same shot. I mean, I did. The, I even did the same thing. Like, I asked Craig a couple times. Like, you know, he played a shot some uh, a weird way that I thought he would have gone a different way. So I asked him. I'm like, I'm surprised. Like, I was thinking you were gonna go this way, and he explained. I'm like, nah. I said, you know, this was this, and then, you know, and so yeah. like, even I'm still asking questions. Absolutely, yeah. I still ask you know? today. I turn around, like, especially, you know, on a Friday night, we I had a shot, and I turned around, and I go right down the middle right and they're like yep yep just to, to like you know give you confirmation right you know, this is where i want to put the ball you know so I, I found like too there's a lot of bowlers who become like i'll say decent house bowlers like high 90s low 10s mm-hmm. and they almost think that they're good enough to stop asking how to play shots and i try to tell people like the good example i gave was at one of the outrun the bears it was the doubles and it was when kroll and Doucette beat nate lees and chris bover and i wish i could remember the leave and i know we have the tape of it but uh, nate had a weird leave turned looked at Bovert and Bovert's giving him advice and those are all four pro level bowlers mm-hmm. and they're still talking shots out and Nate's That's asking right. his teammate how do I play this right. shot so the point is you're never too good to turn and ask a teammate how do I play this shot Right. especially in our game yeah. where the wood is involved and the wood is never in the same spot twice in right. a row right. it's always angled a little differently it's not like 10 pin or duck pin where you clear the wood and you shoot the pins clean second set of eyes never hurts either no not at all yeah. or you could ask a second set of eyes and just I'll tell you to not throw the ball in the gutter and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> I think your advice to me once was try not to suck so much when you walked away, too. So that was fantastic. That's awesome. But no, I, mean, I did it. Uh, I had uh, bowled on Mike Nardone's team, and I had some weird leave. I think I had the 7, 6, 10, and then I had a piece of wood in the gutter with like just the cap hanging out. And I looked at it, and I turned, and I looked over at Mike. I said, what do you think? Because are you thinking about hitting that cap? I said, I'm kind of thinking about it. He goes, that goes if you play it right. It went. But it was such a I, – I looked at it, and I said, am I crazy for it? And I, just having somebody else say, I think that'll go, I think gave me more confidence Absolutely. to shoot at it. No yeah. question. Yeah. So Versus shooting for the 6'10 and seeing if I could shoot it over, which is how I would have played it without the wood. And that really comes back again to what we talked about earlier, like bowling the world and bowling with guys that you know. Yeah. You're not afraid. Like, if you bowl with the five guys or you're really not friendly with them, you're not going to turn around and ask because, you you know, yeah. like if you have friends and like, hey, Jeremy, what, what do you think here? Yeah. You know, they, they give you that confirmation and that confidence to go and play the play the shot that we yeah. want to play it. Yeah. So I usually have the problem where, you know, I'll, I'll you know, shoot a certain shot, and somebody will say, you know, I would have shot at the four pin, and I'll turn and go, yeah, so would I have. I just missed. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have that, that little, because that laughing and breaking yeah. that breaking that little tension up gets you to throw the ball a little, little right. looser too. Yeah. Well, one of the things like I try to do, like uh, I've tried to not get so mad about the result of what happens sixty feet away, about, and I and I think it's running the kids league because it's the advice I give them and then I'm not doing that same thing so then yeah, I'm like okay yeah. I have to practice what I preach so one of the things I used to tell the kids a lot is and I still tell them this there's two parts of the game know what to hit and then hit it and that's just trying to simplify the game obviously a little too much for them but I was bowling up at uh, Mason's and I was struggling and I, I had four two fills 
Two of them were half whispers. One was the 610. I just threw it in the ocean. And then the last two fill I had, I hit the 1-8. Oh. And I turned and I went, I'm not even mad. I did my job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I did what I was supposed to do. Exactly. So, but, and that's the thing is you can put the ball on the head pin, you know, 10 times and get eight spread eagles. Yeah, that's right. Which is part of the game. So, so this is a very important question that I have to ask. Ed. Okay. Who is your favorite main bowler whose name rhymes with Jim Dottero? <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> Why are we doing this? I, I have to, I have to I, ask. It was on the thread. I have yeah. to ask. I love Timmy Matero. He's a great guy. You know, and, and Timmy, like, he's been around about as long as I have. And yeah. He's been bowling for a long time, and he's, you know, one of the best main bowlers, and he, yep. he's a terrific guy. He really is. Good bowler, very competitive guy, and we've had a lot of battles with their teams over the years. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, anyone who has an 800 in their resume. Yes. Yeah. He's is. just... You know, I was telling Jeremy it'd be kind of cool if uh, Matero drafted him at Exeter and now you have uh, the two podcast hosts bowling on the same That's team. Right. <laughs> it was funny. I was talking to Timmy up there and I, it's too bad that he's too far north to bowl yeah. Fridays because yeah. I was talking about it and he, he would love to bowl Fridays because he's very competitive like you know all of us. You know, and, I mean, It's like a four-hour drive for him. Yeah, it's just too long. And I know, know they, they did a show at one point where they were talking about the state, no pun intended, but the state of Maine bowling right. and how it's not what it probably should be. And I think that's got to eat you up inside. I think he said he lost money to win a tournament at one point after yet factoring everything that he had to pay. I think he said he lost money to win a tournament. And, you know, obviously you're not going to move just to bowl, but it's like if that guy lived closer here and was bowling on the Friday night. Oh, my God, he'd love it. I think it's awesome that he signed up for the Sunday Pro. Um, yeah. Get him more Absolutely. bowling and that stuff too. But, yeah, you're right. It's 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 tough when you're not – to stay that good and not getting those – he doesn't get to bowl the Surrettes and the Bakers week after week after yeah, week like right. the people who live around here do. Well, yeah, I think he exactly. signed up for the Pro Series, though, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think so it's good to see him more It's good to see him, that. you know, definitely. You know, a few of the main guys do come down, like Mark Smith bowls Fridays, yep. you know, Scott and Jeff Lapierre bowl yep. Fridays for a while. Who you know, he just learned. They're not brothers. I just no, learned that. No, <laughs> so Jeremy had breaking news in the last podcast. Well, depending on when this airs, last podcast. And I thought that was his breaking news, that the LaPierre's were brothers, because I, I just assumed this whole time. But To be fair, I, I did too. What do I know? <laughs> we just think everybody with the same last names related have come to that conclusion. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, do you have a favorite story from like any like Worlds or any anything? Just something that always just makes you laugh or... Well, it was funny. The one story I remember, like, before I made Channel 5, I'm trying all over the place, and it was kind of like a cardinal sin to kind of go out of the area. Like, and I was lucky enough to bowl in South Shore and Cape. So I was getting near the end of the year, and, and Reggie DeLine, he's bowling our league, you know, on Tuesdays. He goes, hey, you want to come out to a roll-off out to Auburn, out to Thunderbird Lanes in Auburn? I'm like, that's kind of a ride. No, I'll drive. I'll get us out there. We'll go out and we'll, we'll drive. We'll, we'll qualify. We'll make the finals. So me, him, and Tom O'Brien went out there to the roll off that's a car that's a car <laughs> very interesting talk so we go out there and i'm the only one of the three to qualify so these that was the last roll off so i go to out to brian's bowl away out in garner and nobody knows who i am <laughs> like this is like the first year i'm trying for channel five and i go out there and the only guy i knew in the place was um was oscar Oh, Glenn Aries. Because I know him from, from the tour. It was like first year on the yeah. tour. And I, you know, so I knew him. And he goes, hey, what are you doing out here? I'm like, oh, I'm just trying for a roll-off, blah, blah, blah. Try, you know, see what happens. So I'm pulling the roll-off. And after four games, it was me and Bob Pat ahead of everybody else. And um, with, like in the last game, I was bowling. And I got to mark the last box. I was bowling second. And Bob Pat was bowling first, but on the other side of the house. 
So I got to mark the last box, and I turn around to the kid I asked, and I go, how many do I need? And he shakes his head, he goes, you need 11. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. I was, like, heartbroken because I pulled my tail off all day. And that's, you know, that's what I mean, the Channel 5 shows. It's just it's so how, hard to win. How did he get that? Get the name Oscar? Like, I, I never knew that. Like, I, I don't know. Did he have a bunch of triple doubles? or? I don't, yeah. <laughs> but he is one of my favorite guys, Oscar, because... In 1998, he was born with Lurch at the Worlds, yeah. and I can't remember who they were born, but we needed them to win a string to get us to buy, and, the la- and they weren't a good team that year, and Oscar bowled like a 140 the last game, and they won the last string to get us to buy, and we ended up winning the World Championship that year, which wow. I always remember that from mom. I thank you, Oscar, for doing that and saving us like two rounds of like possibly getting sent home. Yeah, I don't, I don't think know. he bowls anymore, does he? I don't think so. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, it's one of the cool things too, and I've said it on multiple podcasts about technology being so good for the game. And you said walking into a bowling alley and nobody knew who you were except one other guy. Like that doesn't happen nowadays. No, no, I don't think so. so. Although Charlie Jutras had a conversation about who had the high five in a house, and the guy told him all about himself. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you never, I guess, it, you know, it can happen uh, whenever, even if somebody knows your name, they don't realize, you know, face to face to name and everything like that. That was great about bowling a little duck pin because you know about five years ago I bowled a duck pin and nobody. Who I was, and I was yeah. like, man, this is great. It's like a throwback, and like, <laughs> and I ended up qualifying in the duck pin tour, and I made the final ladder, and I was the three seed. I ended up, you know, getting getting beat, but you know, to make it that far, because what they do in the duck pin tour is you go and you qualify, you bowl eight games, and I, you know, and I said to the lady, I goes, this gonna take five hours to bowl eight games? She goes, yes. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe that. So, wow. so what they do is, is they kind of rotate, like one person on the left would go, nobody stands side by side, like you're either like two lanes over, or you know, you by yourself up there, and you know, there's like a four. And you rotate, and it took that long to bowl. So then you qualify, then you come back the next day, and they put you in, in div- like they split the 36 guys make the cut. So you're in six divisions of six, and you bowl everybody in your division one string, and the best record moves on to the final ladder. So then I qualified, and I bowled the best duckman guy, and I beat him in the last string, last, last box. I threw a strike, and everybody's like, Who's this guy? Who the hell is this? I was, I was using alley balls. I was, oh, wow. even, I was even throwing duck pin balls. I had like balls from Bryans and Raynham. They let me borrow a couple balls so I could bowl the tour. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, it was great. And I brought it back. I go, thanks a lot. I made like a thousand bucks. Thank you very much. My, my uh, Ryan, so that I don't know if you know, they switched over to candle pin now. They don't yes, have duck pin yes, anymore. But uh, I was bowling there, and they had uh, the manager that was working there at the time he used to work here, Mike Brodor. So if you're listening, I don't know if you know, remember the story. I had never bowled duck pin before. My, my wife, Kate, and I went to go bowl duck pin just to see what it was like. And I didn't know any of the rules. Of, of duck pen and I had asked I said do you play the wood or do you clear it and he said you can do whatever you want so I said okay so I'm playing the wood on duck pen oh my god and it, oh, it was so much fun because <laughs> things are flying everywhere I mean it, it didn't react the way you would think it would react sometimes sometimes it actually yeah. it, it, if you played it in candle pin you know where the pin's gonna go sometimes yes. this was just it didn't react anywhere like but it flew and then we went back again played it the same way and I don't know the guy's name unfortunately but I, he said he had like a 130 140 average and he was bowling at random and we were playing the wood finally he turned he goes what are you doing I said playing the wood he goes you're not allowed to I said no 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 you have the option no you don't that's what he told me and he goes so I went over to Mike I go you're not allowed to play the wood he goes I don't know I've never bowled this game before I was like okay you can't give me advice on something you don't know how to do but yeah I thought you played the wood yeah it was another rule in duck pin I never knew about I was down on the tour and I dropped nine left a seven pin 
and I threw it in the gutter and I took the pin. I'm like, okay, nine box. And they're no, no, wait a second. What they do is, is they reset the pin and you shoot the seven pin for a 10 box and they reset the pin and give you an opportunity. Oh, Ian would love that role. Huh. Which I never knew. I don't, I don't think I ever. I don't think I ever. We knew had that. Uh, we had a guy that used to work here that was adamant that if the lane malfunction or swept the pins away or whatever else, especially in automatic scoring, that somebody should go down and perfectly recreate the leave. And I kept saying, even if that was a rule, I would want no part. No, no, no. The wood was a little bit further out. No, no, no. It was oh, to yeah. the left. Yeah. No, I'm all set. It's, it's 37.6 degrees to the left. Yeah. Like this way. And it's all based on yeah. memory. It's not like anybody had a picture of the leaf. It was great. Like, duck pin too is like when you go there for the pro stop, like when you warm up, they don't let you warm up with pins. You're like, all right, you can go warm up over there. I'm like, well, there's no pins there. And they go, well, you just throw the balls down. And there's no pins, so you practice without any pins which I thought was very odd. I mean, as somebody who works at a bowling alley, pins are expensive. Yeah. So, maybe it's just to save the equipment. <laughs> it's true. Although, um, Mary, the current manager at, at Ryan's and Rainbow. Who would have known that I couldn't play the wood, by the way. Well, yeah, well her family used yeah. to own the, uh, the bowling academy in Rhode Island. Okay. Which I, I guess my dad bowled there in college yeah. or something like that. I guess it was a really nice place, but her family used to own it. But right when they were taking the, the duck pins out, they gave me like three or four brand new pins that they didn't put in machines. Oh, wow. So I have four very new unused duck pins that I'm doing nothing with. You could probably <laughs> sell it on eBay for $4,000 if it's anything like that candle pin that's on eBay right now. That's <laughs> yeah, what I told about that. <laughs> I saw that. But yeah, no, like can, candle pins are almost like 40 bucks a pin. Yeah. Wow. That, it's crazy. That's crazy. It's got to be because it's so, I, I always argue with people how to pronounce this word, it's, it's so niche, niche, whatever the heck the word is. Niche. Whatever. So I think only, I only talk on a podcast. I don't know how to pronounce words. So <laughs> I wonder if it's just not enough people make it so there may, might not be enough competition to drive the price down. Yeah, I can't just, imagine the materials are that expensive. I, I think it's just Garland that makes them. Yeah, so why not charge 80? Nobody, I'm not giving you advice to charge 80, Garland. My point is, if nobody else is making them, you can charge whatever you want. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. And yeah. God, God knows how much it costs to ship. Yeah, it's true. They're not yeah. light. Because the, the two times that Fairway got new pins, me and this guy Bob, we drove our ass up to Maine in a pickup truck and drove them back. Yeah. It's well, a shame that, that was a day trip. make pins. No, they just sell. Well, I mean, you can order them through Paramount. No, no, no. But doesn't Paramount, they don't, they make their own bowling balls, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, so I'm just, that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised they don't also make their own pins as well. Yeah. Just to get more competition. I feel oh, yeah. the more competition you have, I think it's the same with bowling balls. Three candle pin bowling balls, one ball costs almost the same as a 10 pin ball. Yeah, true. It can't be, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to get into yeah. economics here. Yeah. <laughs> if we, if competition we, is good for the consumer. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, if we wanted to put in all new pins, it would cost us close to $20,000. Yeah. Wow. You know. Because you got to think 24, I mean, just do the math, $40 a pen. You know, usually you can do 24 pins. 24 pins. Yeah, yeah, 22 lanes. Yeah, so they're not so, cheap. So most of these pins are actually from uh, uh, Kenmore Bowl. Okay. Yeah, they're they're getting uh, they're get, they're getting old. Yeah, and when, whenever we have a pro series, we lose seven or eight of them. <laughs> Cap blows off of it, and especially with Josh throwing a uh, Mike McGinty throwing those. Yeah, and we balls, have I mean, Chris Parkinson fires the ball. Sean Taylor fires the ball. We have a That's few. That's right. Sean throws hard. Yeah, we have a few guys like that here as well. So they uh they they they're going faster than I think we were hoping. So uh, we have a couple boxes left. Oh, do we? Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell people that. They're going to tell us to start putting them out sooner rather than later. <laughs> it's always somebody else's fault that your game's off. That's how it works. <laughs> well, you would think they're older. They fall down easier. 
I don't know. I had this. They, I, they deaden or something. They, they deaden up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually having this conversation with Eric Seeger about new pins and getting faster action on it. And, you know, he said, I always thought the more they got hit, the more they felt. I wonder if, like, the pins almost soften over, like, the material as it gets hit over and it over does. and over again. And then you don't get that ricochet that you Exactly. Would. Yeah. Yeah. They get, they get tough. Yeah. Look you at know, that. You, and brand new pins, obviously, there's no bottom. Yeah. Right. So you, you can slide them, especially if you're silicone. Right. And you'll see them sliding all over the place. So listen, you listen to a podcast, you got an economics lesson, you got a science lesson. This is pretty good. We don't need Bob Lee on the show for statistics, right? Yeah. No, we'll get him on the show. We, we still are going to get him on the show. <laughs> Love you, Bob. Now, who, who would you say is your favorite partner to ever bowl with? Um, I'd have to give two because I've bowled with these two guys for a long time. Zappy and Holbrook. You know, the two lefties. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, yeah. that's you know, my favorite. I bowled with them, for, like, like I said, forever since it's the early days. Yep. So those two guys are my two favorite partners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I, I kind of always, as long as like I, you know, came up, I put you three in basically yeah. the same category. Yeah. You're, you know, the same group of guys that, you know. Yeah, we've won a lot together. You know, like bull, we've bowled Fridays for at least 15 years now. You know, we've gone to different houses. We started at Lucky Dorchester, then we went to Weymouth and Colonial. They're gone. I liked Colonial. I did too. Good little place. You I only bowled there once. You know, now we're down in Union Street. No, Weymouth. So. I never bowled there. You didn't? No. It's true. <laughs> I bought Colonial in Worcester. I bought one, sorry. I bought it once. Nice house. That was one of um, Paul Wombach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I loved Colonial in Weymouth. I mean, the, I bowled there twice. I bowled in the original, it wasn't the ACST, it was just like the head to head league. Yeah. I think I bowled, I bowled, actually, I bowled Lynn Thompson there. She bowled in that league. And it was a close match. I, it was like 620 to like 612 or something like that. It was, it was a good match. And then the, first 10 stringer from the pro series the first year where Craig beat me up by four pins <laughs> he does that a lot well it, it got down I started out with a four box I went eagle hole hole oh. very first box I still bowled like a 123 something like that and then Jeff Walls comes up because uh, Craig just needs one mark in the last five boxes I'm like well there's that <laughs> yeah, and he, he got one like he, it was four pins I'm like ah I'm like, that, that four box cost me $500. It's too bad Linda's a bowl anymore. She was terrific. I, I thought she was making a she comeback. Coming back. She, she, her knees, I guess, I haven't seen her in a while, but yeah. I guess she's trying to work her way back. It would be great to see her, you know. And, oh, absolutely. You know, she was terrific. You know, I had, we have her and Joanne from the South Shore. Yeah. You know, it's... People say, "Oh, you get, you get, you know, you get discouraged when you lose to a woman." I go, "I got Joanne Rosano and Lynn Thompson in my area." I go, yeah. "They beat me all the time anyway in league, so it's yeah. nothing to me." Well, I remember even when we talked about making the ACST co-ed. Somebody said to me, "Like, well, what happens if a woman ends up in the league and ends up beating you?" And I said, "If she's a better bowler than me, shake your hand, say thank you, and good the, job." And, I'm, and I said, "I bowled on the same team with Lori Lewis. She beat me plenty of times, more times than I beat yeah, her for right. sure. She's a better bowler than me. It has nothing to do with right." I yeah. mean, how many guys could say that you know they probably lost to Tony Marie? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You yeah, know, you know, <laughs> Joanne, Stacia, Stacia, you know, um, yeah. There was, you know, a lot of good women bowlers back then, especially when the WCBC days. Yeah. You know, the, like there were a lot more women bowlers. Yeah. You know, they were all, you know, Joanne was number one. It's like she, you know, she's I mean, a lot worried about the Hall of Fame. I go, you've won more than anybody else in the, in yeah. the game, Joanne. Don't worry about it. And I, and I get it. Like, you know, guys probably can throw faster and I can see where that's the advantage. But if, you know, they're hitting their spare leaves, picking their objects and things like that, they're going to win. They're going to beat you. So, and that's with anybody. It's just, they get 
they have to hit their spots. You know, I you know, look at uh, Maddie. Look how good Maddie yeah. is. You we know, were she talking, can beat half the guys right now. We were talking no to problem. Amy Doobie about it. She was almost a captain one year yeah. Uh, yeah. in the pro league, and they just take the top 12, male or female. That's right. So she would have had to draft three guys. I mean, she bowls just like her dad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, they, they, I mean, they just fire it. My first year of Friday nights, we I bowled for a woman team. I bowled with Peter Pereira, yep. you know, Reggie. And we bowled. I bowled against Bobby. And the first three he bowled against, he bowled 191. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so. What was your... I'm going to split this question in half a little bit. What was your favorite house to bowl in that still is open today and one that's no longer open? Okay. I, I give you two because I love Bangor Brewer because yep. of the worlds, and I've always bowled good in that I house. I do like that house. I love bowling there, and I love Central Park. Always love bowling there. You know, in my South Shore houses, I'd have to say probably Hanson and Holbrook right now. Yeah. And one that's gone, I, I'd have to say Lucky Lynn. Yeah. Lucky Strike Lynn, I, you know, bowled my one 200 straight, I bowled there. And uh, it was a great place to bowl. Was it two on the nose? 208. 208. I beat uh, Jimmy Barber by a pin. Oh. <laughs> you know, and, and it was funny because Jimmy was there working that night. And Jimmy came down, and he goes, congratulations, and he gave me a printout of, of the string. And the next time I, we went up to Lucky, he gave me a nice plaque nice. of the whole string. So I thought that was a total class act that yeah. what he did. Jimmy's a great guy. Jimmy's like a Jimmy. great, great guy. And he still works out up at Metro. I see him every now and then. We go up to Metro, I'll see him in there. I remember uh, Helen Salou used to call him uh, Sly Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> was that upstairs or downstairs? I did downstairs. Downstairs. I never had much luck there. I mean, I, I bowled well a couple times, but I, I had a tough time there. Well, it was funny, the funny little story. I was driving up with Craig and Kucha that night, and the traffic from the South Shore to get to Lucky Strike yeah. Lynn was ridiculous. Yeah. Trying to get up there, it's only like 15 miles, but it takes you like an hour and a half to get up there. <laughs> so I'm complaining on the way up there. I go, I never hit anything in this house, blah, blah, blah. It's all he bowls, like 360, never anything big. So the first rain ball, 104, then I bowl 136. So I say, see, I told you, I, I'm on my way to my 360. I never do anything great here. That's all I do. <laughs> Next rain ball, 208. Those guys razzed me so bad <laughs> on the way home. And they said to me, don't you ever say it word about you don't like bowling here. <laughs> you ain't never bowl good here. Oh yeah, yeah. I was complaining. <laughs> I was being all pissy. That's like when Death, you know, the whole strike thing. Dead, you know, makes a big deal how he never throws strikes and that's why he doesn't bowl in the uh, skins that we we do here. Every strike he gets, I don't care if I'm working on a lane out back or I'm in the bathroom, I'll yell as loud, nice strike, Dad! I have to, I have to. <laughs> yeah, but it's the only one it's I've only, got today. <laughs> what, what did, did he throw? Did he throw, he threw a double and he was like, but that's the only two I had. Yeah, the only two I got, yeah. And he still just throws a great ball. Yeah. Still, oh, yeah. still attacks the pins. Gentleman, too. He's a great bowler. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we talked to him. I mean, he's another one we could have talked to for, for yeah. hours. Oh, yeah. You know. Just, but, you know, he had cool bowl. Yeah, when he helped him, you know, up at that place, and he yeah, had a world team. He you know ran a world teams for years, and and he even said he didn't get to bowling as much as he wanted to because he was busy running the center as well. Yeah, so, exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, that's all. I mean, that's that's the downside, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, you find you guys know about that down here. That's probably why I haven't hit that next level. Working here. Keep working. <laughs> I'm coming up with any excuse I can at this point. <laughs> Just keep working. Well, hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to participate in more stuff now. If you haven't heard, I put in my two weeks. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. By the time this airs, Jeremy will be long gone. We'll have a replacement for him. We'll forget he even worked here. It's true. 
I'll walk in the door Lost for the but not forgotten. I'll, 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 I'll walk in the door for the league, and then they'll just be like, ah, I don't even know who you are. Are you really seven? What's the name again? Do I know What's your name again? <laughs> <laughs> I used to be your boss. <laughs> we did. We are keeping the podcast, though. For anybody who's jumping around listening, we are going to keep the podcast yeah. and try to do the weekly. You guys do a great job. Thank you so much. It, it, it's bittersweet, but at the same time, it's just you know. But well, people give us good feedback, so we'll just keep doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, if nothing else, I'll keep listening to you know, it. You guys and, <laughs> and the show that Timmy does and those guys, yeah. do a great job up there. It's going to keep it going. Keep, well, that's the thing. Keep us, you know, the, the information coming. The big take, takeaways that I've got, you know, what they're doing with Ripping the Rack, what we're trying to do here, and then, you know, what you're doing with the Kids League over at Timber, trying to help them out. Cheech is running a million different things. You know, Myrick was, uh, you know, he drives all the way here to do a million candle pins. And I'm not listing 80 other people who are doing great things. Yeah, right. But the point is, like, there's so many people that are trying to band together to better the game. Absolutely. Right? And it comes back do it. to the Tommy Olsta podcast. It's really a family. Yes. And we all have to stick together. And, you know, I, I, I don't think there's enough content out there. I yeah. think they do a great job. You know, I think we have a different show than what they have. Theirs, you know, has very entertaining. Oh, of course. Um, we're more interview-based and everything else. But I think uh, I think the more stuff you get out there, the better. It doesn't. It can't hurt. No, yeah, it, it does, doesn't, doesn't hurt at all. You know, so. and, of course, Frank paved the way for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I without mean, Ali, without Ali chat, I don't think any of this really. The idea doesn't even come up. Exactly, I don't, I don't think. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, but I, I, oh, I gotta finish with my last question. Jeremy always has the last I have question. One last I have to question. If you had to pick a favorite bowler, you know, growing up to watch, or even now, like, did, could you pick one? I'd, I'd have to go with Tommy because, you know, I watched him and, and it was like, I'd say him, Jeff Atkins. And Craig were the guys I really watched. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and Craig was like, you know, I said I walked into the bowling alley, you know, in that league that night. I see, oh my God, Craig Holbrook's here. And it's great. And he was in his 20s. You know, and just watching Jeff and Tommy bowl was outstanding. Yeah. You know, and actually Babe Carrington, he was another guy I, I really admired watching. You know, so. Yeah, do- doesn't really throw the ball hard, but just a lot of rotation. And yep. Just like, and you know, my buddy Joe, he's just saying, he goes, every time he throws the ball, it's just eight drop plank, eight drop plank. Eight drop plank. You know, I see a lot of that now is uh, Brian Fuller. Doesn't throw the ball yep. that hard. No. But he puts it in and he's accurate. Yeah, I mean, he's got a hell of a string under his belt, too, at 224. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, when they, they're the ones that knocked us out of um, the first Pro Series, and he bowled 163. That's, damn. you know, so, you know, Brian's a terrific bowler. Yeah, yeah. he is. Mark Ricci and Fuller, that's, a, that's another that's really a scary good team. team. Yeah, that's a scary yeah. team. They came in oh, second Mark for, Mark's um, a great guy. For the roll-up, right? Call off, yeah, thirteen forty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy numbers. Yeah, but um, I think that's about all we got. No, yeah. If you have anything else? No, I'm good. Uh, thank you so much for coming out. Guys, really thanks for that. asking me anytime. Like I said, anytime. Just sit here and talk. Yeah, oh, yeah we, we could day. fill up like five shows with them. For oh, sure, absolutely. Well, we've already said that there's a lot of people. You're one of them that we want to have right. back. Yeah. when we do another rotation yeah. through. So. Right, and I got to give actually. Um, I can't think of it. Uh, Paul Newman gave me Donnie Richmond's number, so I got to give him a call. Yeah, definitely. Because I know he he said that he would do it. Absolutely, Donnie was terrific too. His name comes up on every podcast almost. I feel like he's such a nice guy. Yeah, Donnie, such a nice guy. He was our anchor ball my uh, first my first year in the Worlds, and he was rock solid the whole week. Again, another guy who doesn't throw the ball that hard. Doesn't know. Speed's only good if you're accurate. Accuracy makes up. You gotta be accurate. Right. 
It would be. We had a couple that was bowling, boyfriend, girlfriend. I think they were in and asked their whole life story. But uh, they came up to pay. I said, oh, who won? And the girl says, I won. And he said, well, I threw the ball faster, so technically I won. I said, you know, I've been working here for a long time. I've seen a lot of fastballs go right down that gutter. It doesn't make a lick of difference. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't want fastballs hit the 10 pins. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, pleasure as always. Well, that was so much fun. Yeah, definitely one of those guys, high energy, always smiling that whole entire time to hear all those stories. And then I love the fact that he wants to bring the next generation up. And honestly, I only really met Bobby face-to-face probably a couple months ago over at um, Woobert. Yeah, he, he's, he's one that definitely, he makes you feel like he's known you forever. Like everybody's yeah. his friend. And I, I felt the same way, you know, when I, the first time I ever met Craig was on the very first podcast and it was the same thing. And, you know, you wonder, they kind of all bowl together. They're part of that same group. So maybe some of that kind of rubbed off on him a little bit. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think so. And a lot of those South Shore guys are, yeah. are, are the same way, yeah. um, you know. Mike Cucci, who passed away a few years ago, was always the same way. He always, you know, he didn't know me very well, but he was always so polite and friendly and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I feel like it's almost like a South Shore thing. Donnie Richmond, same thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. When I met Donnie, I felt the same. I met him one of the first times he did that one, the Bear, um, and I felt the same way. Just, you know, everybody's friend. Yeah. Those guys. So, um, what do we have for last week as far as bowling goes? I think Uh, there was a small tournament of amateur bowlers or something like that. Yeah. Uh, small t- yeah, it was an amateur tournament yep. at uh, Whitensville, actually. Okay, never heard of it. <laughs> uh, no, so we had the pro series. Uh, the singles, was, it was a knockout, right, I believe? Yes, I think they threw, was a five-stringer, they take the top 24. Yeah, I just couldn't remember if it was a uh, knockout or an elimination, but I think it was a knockout. And congratulations to Keith Bopre, won his first... Pro Series title. Yeah, and that was really cool to see, too. Did you watch the finals of that? I missed it. I saw it the next day. So so you saw it um, where after the match, they gave each other a big hug. That was yeah. just kind of cool to see. You know, and I messaged Keith. And I said, hey, man, I'm proud. He loved to see the sportsmanship at the end. He said, oh, man, I love Timmy, of course. Like, yeah. So it's cool to see. I mean, Keith isn't that old. Um, you know, you don't think of him as like one of the young guns. And Timmy's obviously one of the young guns. It's cool to see. It's almost like that generation starting to turn over a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I mean, with Timmy you. had the high seed with uh, Matt Nichols in the doubles. Yep. So, I mean, obviously, he's uh, showing he belongs in this group. Timmy, Timmy's going to be someone you're going to see a lot of in the next, you know, now. For sure, for sure. Did we? I don't think, um, unfortunately, I don't think King of the River has been posting their results, or we would talk about that. I haven't seen them, no. As far as tournaments go uh, for next, I don't, is there anything the 23rd and 24th? Well, we have the Pro League coming up on the 24th. Nobody cares about that league. Nobody good's in that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know if King of the Hill at spare time is I believe going King to... of the Hill is going to go. I don't know that they're going to be able to do a scratch, though, if all of those guys are going to be up at the Sunday Pro but League. Are they, right. So I wonder if they're balling on Halloween. They where might it's, be. Where well, it's morning. Well, it's tough, too, because Halloween also has the bowling triathlon. Oh, that's true, um, too. I know Maddie Nichols was talking about shutting that down personally. I get Matt... I get the frustration. And I know you're not listening to this podcast, so I'm talking to nobody right now. you got to start somewhere. you got to start somewhere. You know, not to talk about Out on the Bear, but here I go. But the first three, we had uh, 19, 22, and 17. And then it took off. Yeah. Um, you got to keep going. And I know there was frustration when after we did the third, I remember I got in the car and told Kate, we're done. We're not doing a fourth. It's a waste of time. It's a lot of, it's too much work for not enough, you know, participation. And she said, let's do one more and see what happens. So you got to give it some time. People want to see it. I mean, look at Alfie's tournament. He ran it with 18. Yep. And there was a lot of money being thrown around in that. And, you know, I know he's talking about if he does delay it to uh, move it to the spring, but I, I say run it. You can do another one in the spring. Yep. 
And I guarantee you next time around, Alfie's, the next roll-off will, will be tripled. Yeah, I think so. And especially with that kind of money being yeah, thrown around. Absolutely. If it's um, not, I mean, I'll be very disappointed. And of course, you know, you were telling me the results was... I thought I could get it out of him. Never mind. Well, somebody messaged me and tell me who won that tournament. He won't tell me. It's so frustrating. So, um, and then of course we have, so we have the triathlon and then on the 30th, I believe we have the Halloween scramble. It's going to be up at Lita. Yep. I think you have to sign up as doubles. Um, Lexi and Matt Susie will be able to help you out with that, but I believe you have to sign up with two people and then you get split up and you get to bowl possibly with five different people that day. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I wanted to go to that when it was on Sunday, but unfortunately it, uh, laid over your uh, Exeter League, whatever it's called. And um, then uh, we have, um, so they moved it to the 30th. And unfortunately, I work Saturday, so it was a little bit difficult for me to take the time off with people quitting. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm still not over it. So is that all we have? I know we got to roll into November. I do know, uh, actually, I do have one more, but we're dipping way into uh November now is the Thanksgiving. I think they're doing three strings up at Lakeside this year. Yeah. Or three shifts, I should say. That's a fun one. I bowled the midnight once. Uh, it's fun to say I did it once. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a late night. Yeah, it is. Uh, I ended up, I think we bowled till almost 3 o'clock, 2.30, 3 o'clock. And then it was like an hour, an hour and a half for me to right. get home with. Drove up with Eric Seeger. And I think I drove up with Dan Castle and back with, with Eric Seeger that shift. Um, I can't remember for sure. But either way, uh, I remember the next morning, I think uh, Madison was only one. And Kate was like, can you get up and help? And I went, oh, I didn't get home until about 4.30. And I'm cleaning this up. She went, that's your own fault. She, she's not wrong. <laughs> so every time I ask if, you know, do you mind if I go up? She always goes, sure, if you're up in the morning. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to try to make it up to that. But again, it's on Wednesday, which I'm here. So it's right. tough. Um, uh, so people like Jeremy don't understand how hard it is to bowl uh, while you're working at a bowling alley or don't shutting their phone off. I don't understand at all. So um, um, also tonight, a big shout out, Bob Lee threw his first triple strike. That's awesome. I, I was actually bowling next to him. Um, I think he, I forget what his final score was, but he opened with the triple. He did. And then I think he went open the rest of the way, unfortunately. But, yeah, excited. I mean, but that gets you excited. It Sometimes does. the nerves get a little rattled. Yeah. And I know he almost had the spare in the fourth box to just keep it rolling. I know yeah. he was looking for the uh, the 100 half. He still had a 90. Uh, I think he had a 90 half. I'm going to shut that phone off. <laughs> it was like a 90. Yeah, I think it was a 90, 91 half, something like that. So, and as always, you know, we try to tell people if you've thrown your high triple high five, a new triple strike, anything that, you know, high and, you know, wants some praise or whatever, you know, let us know. Or if it was in your league, uh, we'll definitely give it a shout out. Uh, do we know who we have next week or is it going to be a big surprise? It's going to be a big surprise. Surprise to us too. Probably. If you want to be on the show, <laughs> let us know. Send your application to. Yeah, it's tough now. I mean, we both have. I mean, I know I still work here and you still bowl here, but it's tough now. We're it's tough. Schedule, I, we're so. going gonna to have to figure out a, a schedule that works. Yeah, then... so we are going to start uh, getting some new guests in here and another rotation. So if you are interested and you have time to make it down here, uh, message both of us at the same time and we'll try to make some magic happen.